0: Aquaman, break it down. What's your review? Uh,
1: as I give this review, have you seen it or not?
0: Oh, yeah. I saw it opening night. Okay. I saw it the very first showing that I possibly could see on Thursday. My little Aqua Avenger swim into the ocean.
1: First of all, why do they why do they even have release dates for movies now if they always release it the day before? I know I'm answering a question with a question, but can you give me your James Montemagno understanding of life on that?
0: They would like more money. Ah, see?
1: We always knew you were smarter than me.
0: There you have it. Um, That's what it is. They're like, oh, if we open up the, the movie one day earlier, we can get a whole nother's day.
1: Of money. Of money. And it still counts toward that whole, like, opening weekend. They had, like, the opening weekend ratings kind of deal, and they want that Thursday money, even though they've been advertising Friday. But... Anyway, uh, criticisms aside of the corporate movie Hollywood industry, I, I enjoyed it. And again, the reason was I think, like you, I think my expectations were so low for just the DC genre in general that I had a good time. I mean, it was it was fun, it was nonstop, it had just enough depth to keep me on the edge of I cared about these creatures like emotionally. You know, the family feud, something I can relate to always, as we know, I air up my dysfunction on a regular basis. But then also, like, it didn't it didn't make sense in several ways, but I don't want to get into it. Like, the, the, I basically shut my critical thinking cap off. Hashtag not a chess player for this movie. That is a hashtag, by the way. You can use it. Hashtag not a chess player for this movie. You're welcome, world. Um, so I didn't think about the things, the plot holes. <laughs> as long as you don't think about plot holes, movies are really good um so my review i actually had a great time i thought it was fun i thought it was actually like i i I don't know if i want to go there but it might have been as good as wonder woman i mean as far as like the dc movies where i rank it i had a great time so i'm curious your response maybe i was just in the festivus there's a festivus spirit that happens when you're seeing a movie with your kids you get them treats and then you run to the rubio's like, because you don't want popcorn or candy, hashtag still on a corn-free corn syrup diet. You go to the Rubio's, you get a shrimp burrito, you come back and you sneak it into your back pocket. No one even looks at your back pocket, even though you have a bulging disc coming out of your back. You sneak in with a Rubio's burrito and you enjoy the first five minutes of the movie with the Rubio's burrito. Like, maybe that did it to me, but I liked it. Your, your thoughts? So... First of all, you're welcome, right? For that story. <laughs>
0: yes, that was, it was a great story in which now I'm going to be putting a, a Rubio's burrito on, on the, on the image for this podcast, which is great. Yeah. Um, so we went to the Cineruma and it's one of my favorite movie theaters, as we all know. And the, the interesting part about this movie is that in general, I enjoyed it. I thought it was well, I don't know if it was well put together necessarily, It felt like a Zack Snyder movie in which they're like, all right, we'll just have this big octopus thingy. Like, how are you going to fit that in the plot? I don't know. Just put it in there, right? Just put it in there. Right. I want this thing to explode and blah, 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 right? It was a crossover between a Zack Snyder movie and a Michael Bay film, right? I just want this big, super crazy explosion. I want crab people to be in a battle scene. Yeah, but there are no crab people in Aquaman. I don't know. Make it happen, man. Make it happen. you You make it happen. And, and so in, ge- in in general, it was it was a fun movie. We kept I, me and my buddy. I went with my brother in law, my buddy, Jesse. And every 10 minutes we would turn to each other and we're like, what is happening? Like what? It doesn't make any sense. The plot line were all holes everywhere there. I wish that they went further in on the ironic, funny parts because they, you could tell that they were trying to do a Thor Ragnarok type of action. Because my favorite parts were, were, were when Mamoa would like turn to the camera slowly. And it's all like, right? It's just like, like bulging biceps. And you're like, well, who is this guy? He's amazing, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed those parts where they were over the top. But I wanted almost more of it because they tried to do a serious thing. Um, and, and And I wanted just a little bit more. Uh, as far as, as, as over the top funny goes, I think the movie would have worked well if they would have did it that way. In my personal Mm -hmm. opinion, we still had fun again, like you were saying extremely, if not zero expectations, like a negative expectations for the movie. So anything that they had done would have been Okay.
1: I I focus on plot holes like – like you're right. You focused on like all of a sudden he comes to the surface like riding – I assume that's the Kraken. Like everyone always hears the term Mm -hmm. the Kraken, right? So this – like he's riding the Kraken. Like, you know, when he he does what he does – I don't want to spoiler whatever. But suddenly he has this outfit after he, you know, gets the sword. Or is it a sword? It's like a sword in the stone kind of plot. Basically, Mm -hmm. I – I saw it and afterwards as I was describing the plot to someone who didn't care about it, hashtag the wifey who never gonna see these movies. She doesn't mind if I spoil every movie, which is good for our relationship. She like I get to have a therapeutic release and she just listens, right? And but it's okay because mm-hmm. like she's not gonna see it anyway, right? Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so I you know, I keep her in touch. Just how good did did Momoa look? He looked great, right? Jason Momoa's biceps he looked were fropping, I- right? Yes, so, yes. And then I get to kind of vent out the plot things and like, what is the deal? I felt it was very old school superhero where somehow you get something and then you have a new outfit on.
0: Mm, what's wh- What's the deal with new outfits?
1: Right, what's yeah. the point of that? But it's very symbolic, right? You get this, uh, and I as I was describing this, I basically realized I was describing the plot to the sword and the stone. I mean, literally, it's like, an exiled like son of the throne who is the rightful heir to something that even the pure bloods judge and but only the person who can pull the sword from the stone the trident from the thing like like is that person who like doesn't judge like by blood or whatever like literally if i described a an exiled son of the throne like goes through trials and tribulations to like to ultimately rise and take his rightful place and lead like uh, a sovereign like nation and like a nation on the verge of war and unite the kingdoms. Am I talking about the story of King Arthur or Aquaman? Hashtag you decide. OK, so like from that perspective, like you can't pull one over on this guy. All right. I'm, I am thinking too much critically beyond the movie. But as far as the actual experience, like I said, I shut down that critical thinking. I let that classic shrimp burrito hit my lips. And all is well. So I'm with you. We had a good time. I do have a funny story. You want to hear another funny story? Yeah, I'm ready. Hit me. It's the opposite of your Cinerama stories. Because I forgot to say that while we were there, so I went like in a super rush after getting the kids settled. I've got Nash and Warner and then Boston, right? My cousin who looks just like my kids. I mean, not my, my nephew who looks just like my kids. Like He pretty much always has to come when we're doing stuff like that. Um, so I've got them settled. And I'm like, Papa Cheese is in the mood for this shrimp burrito. Like, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to run out of this theater, hit that Rubio's. Short line, I was lucky. Like, my psychic vibes were, were good. I knew I could get in and out. I come back. It's like five minutes past the start of the movie. Not only have no previews begun, but the lights are still on. And there's nothing on the screen. What? So I'm like, all right. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have questions, go ahead and ask. But I'll keep going I mean, to have is, questions.
0: I I mean, were, were they even playing the, like, trivia questions? Exactly. Like, there was, like, a friends question, but, like, all of your kids are puzzled because right. they
1: don't even know what friends are yet. <laughs> right? The whole theater stand in awe when we yelled, Matthew Perry. Anyway, um, and I and I try to tell them about that. I try to tell them, like, Lazy Sunday. Like, they don't even relate to it. I re- I remember I was at the Chicago Open in 2000 and what? Like, like, when did YouTube exist? We have to look up the timeline, but I know I was at the Chicago Open. Uh, where I, you know, I was playing chess professionally, basically at a very young age, and I remember being there. And my roommate, um, Michael Casella, a good friend of mine, FIDE master, who later became a professional poker player, by the way. Um, anyway, but Michael, Mike, Mike is there, and he and I are rooming, and he's like, "Oh, have you seen this hilarious thing from SNL?" Like Saturday, and I was like, "No, like I fell asleep, whatever." Like it was Sunday or the Chicago Open. He's like, "Oh, just look it up on YouTube." And the infamous words leave my lips. I say, "What's YouTube?" <laughs> Let that sink in. What's YouTube, right? So I, I remember this. My kids have no idea about this, right? Speaking of Lazy Sunday references, but that was the first video I ever saw on YouTube. He's like, "Oh, just go there. It's YouTube. It's where people put videos. There you go." Right. Anyway, so back to the theater thing. I'm there, and there's not there's not even the local like Matthew Perry Lazy Sunday. Refer- there's not even the local commercials for like that dentist who's paying for something. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Then like seven minutes more go by and I'm like th- a third way through the burrito. I enjoy my classic shrimp burritos. I'm taking my time. And I'm like, and it's, dude, so it's 15 minutes after and there's nothing. So I get up and I go out to the, to the snack area theater. And I'm looking for somebody. I even asked some people doing some survey. They're like, oh, we don't work at the theater. We're just, I'm like, okay. So I find somebody eventually. I'm like, hey, do you guys know theater eight is just not working? And they're mm. like, oh yeah, uh, no, we're, we know, we're, we know we're really sorry. Yep. um, We're on it. And. But clear as day, as I turn, the female manager turns to this kid and basically like gives him the like, holy bleep, go start the movie, right? Mm -hmm. Like they just legit forgot. So then within 30 seconds of me sitting back in my seat, the the, the previews begin. Here's the thing. The previews began and the lights are still on. And so there's not that moment, you know, the moment where the lights get dark and you get a little tingle up your spine and you know, the previews Mm -hmm, are coming. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That didn't happen. Mm Mm-hmm. So so I was robbed mm. of that. Nah. So the previews are going. There are several previews in. And by the way, like Nash and I both agree, there was an epic amount of previews for this movie. I, I don't know where it got. But there were, were several minutes in the previews. The lights were still on. And I'm like, they just for, they just legit forgot to turn the lights off. So I go to the front of the AMC, leaving again. I'm going to go like tell them because apparently I've taken on the role. It's a packed theater. And everybody else is just assuming it. But as I turn and look at people, everyone gives me the eyes like, yeah, dude, we're with you something's wrong but we're gonna let you handle it yeah yeah
0: no one else no one else wants to no one else wants to like dare go say anything to an amc employee you know that'd be too much that'd be too over the top but they know that you they they saw that you got up once already and they're like this is our hero like
1: you got up out of your seat for the second time and boom you're in a whole nother outfit So, but it's really even a third time because I was already Rubio's mode. So I, I was in that panic of I'm missing previews already. Turns out I wasn't missing them. Then I, then I had to tell them to start the previews. Now I get up and I'm walking out the AMC doors and sure enough, and this is a challenge for anyone next time to go to AMC theaters. I wonder if it's the same for them, but I look to the right of where the doors close and there's three buttons and the buttons, like one of them says something like overhead Then one says on, and one says off. You know what I did with the third button down? I pressed it. Boom. They're not switches. They're buttons, like a black button. I pressed off, and sure enough, I turned around and looked. All the lights were off in the theater. So I literally saved the day. I mean, I dad-moded this theater (laughs) because I was just so frustrated with it. I never even told them that they completely, you know, bleeped, bleeped the bleep. And anyway, so there, that was the funny story. If I wanted to tell you, did you get a round of applause from people? I like did people were people, <laughs> I came back and I said really out loud to Nash, I said, they just forgot to turn the lights off. And he looked at me and shook his head with his massive slushy in his lips. Yeah. Cause why do I buy him slushies still? I don't know. But anyway, that's what happened. So anyway, you're, you, you're deaf.
0: Definitely the hero of the day, good sir. Well, wow. you know, and the the interesting part about that story, when you when you tell it, to me, it becomes personal. You talk about that tingly feeling about going into the the trailers, and there's there's two levels before we get off this topic of the trailer portion of a movie. One, you already know going in that the movie starts at six, but that really means six forty five. At this right. point <laughs> in time of movies, there's about 45 minutes of trailers. And when you go in there, you expect that there's two levels of dimness when you go into the movie theater. So you sit down and then there's the initial right to the 25 percent level. Mm-hmm. So there's 25 percent light left. And you're like, oh, it's, it's serious time where it's still OK to talk a little bit. You tell you turn to your friend you're like, I want to go see that movie like that one. Look, that one looks good. And it's OK at that point because. The lights still aren't 100% off. And then there's the point where you sat through 45 minutes of freaking trailers for Captain Marvel <laughs> yet again. And you're like, right. we get it. We're going to see this movie in two months. And then the <laughs> moment comes where it goes
1: all the way dim. And then that's, what Dude, you know, and it, and you know what glee- I realized? And you're, that's what on. the third knob is. That, that's ah. what the overhead means, I think. I didn't even realize that until you reminded me of this experience. You're right. I think the knob that I looked at all three of them and I even pulled out my phone to read it. Cause you get the flashlight phone. Right.
0: So mm-hmm. I, cause mm-hmm. I
1: was, I was like, what does that say? And then, and then I, it was like an overhead and on and off. And I think that's what, it, I think you're totally right. That must be what it is. it makes. Now that I, there's no more magic left for me. The, the, the thing about this whole dad mode, Danny dad modes, Aquaman. I mean, that's literally what I did. I Danny dad moded Aquaman. I now have lost that music, that movie magic. I'm going to be judging them the whole time now. Like if they press the wrong button and the lights go all the way off, I'm like, that dude just didn't press the overhead button or because like, that's all I did. I just went back there and ruined the movie magic for myself to maintain it for everybody else. Right. The big dad behind me who was like, he had so many snacks on his, on his lap. He couldn't get up and deal with this if he wanted to, you know, I'm not even trying to sound judgmental, but it's just the truth. Okay. Like I was the mobile dad with the shrimp burrito and I, You know what? I took it on. And it's funny because we ended up being late because we saw this. It was supposed to be a two o'clock showing. And with an hour and whatever the movie is, like we were supposed to have plenty of time to get to Luke's for the Christmas party, the family, the fam Christmas party that we all said you should have hopped on a plane from Seattle to come down to. Um, But you didn't. Okay, that's, you know, your, your, you know, your decision. But okay. Um, Anyway, so I ended up being late because of it, like we ended up having to pick up ice and, you know, I, I, realized I got text messages. And so it's a, it's a whole moment. it's a whole moment that we just happened to have. Sorry. I know you're like, Hey, when does the story end Danny? But there you go. That's it. I, that was anticlimactic, but that's it. The people are here for
0: you. Not for me. Let's just be honest about that. Let's just put, let's just put the stake in hey. the ground the day after Christmas. Uh, the, 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 they're, <laughs> they're here for
1: you. Danny. That's, that's not I'm true at you. all. Okay. You have more diamond members challenging you than anyone on the site. Okay, that is not a scientific fact, but I just said it. Um, there you go. Anyway, you how's go. um? how was so you said you had a good one. How's Low? Let's. I mean, enough of Danny's dad mode stories. Although, I my I did just dad mode right before the podcast. I had to take a, a sharp candy cane out of Talia's hand because she <laughs> fell asleep on the couch mid suck
0: mid suck oh, no. of said
1: cane, and it's like it was in a sharp it was in a sharp angle so. Anyway, uh, so
0: just that's classic. Just I mean, taking a deep that, breath. that is that's good. Dad mode experience. Well, I, you know, I had a question, you know, I about chess uh, for you. Oh, This doesn't happen often, but it had me thinking yesterday. We had a really nice Christmas. My sister and brother-in-law came over. We hosted Christmas. It was excellent. And I love my brother-in-law, Danny, but he is a sports dude. And he's not, Uh, he's not all a hundred percent sports. He's not, he's not the type of, I'm only going to talk about sports, but you can tell that he really wants a sports bro to hang out with on, on, on occasions he'll be like, he'll drop some knowledge. Like, oh man, LBJ got injured. And I go, oh man, Cavs are going to have a bad year then. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know what's so funny about that comment? I knew you were gonna say it, and it makes me love you so much even more because I knew it was coming. Oh God, so good! And then he he tries not to be like he tries not to be that brother-in-law who's now, but you know later he's gonna complain to your sister about it. So anyway, go ahead. What? Well,
0: well, he well because he followed up with this because you could tell that he didn't really want to say anything. He's like he's like oh no he they play for he goes he plays for L A now. I go the Clippers. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like now, I'm now I'm just like yanking. He's like no, so but he'll throw out these random facts. Right? I love Brian. Brian's a great guy, but he'll be like he's like oh Smith got hired by the Browns, and I'm like yep. uh, all right, you know. So he's fishing. He's fishing. I'm like and I and I go to Brian. I go Brian, I know you want me to be your sports bro, but I just I can't right. do it. Like I just I literally don't right. know. Uh, I just literally can't do it. But it had me thinking because on Christmas there are football games, I believe, and basketball games. I think the question I had is, is there a big chess Christmas extravaganza, you know, or did you properly get the day off to consume all of Christmas or is now chess growing to such a level that there is going to have to be a day of chess all out extravaganza to, you know, contend with, with the NFL. Is is that a thing or is that not a
1: thing? I appreciate that. Or other holidays, or other holidays, um, by the way. And definitely would like to think that chess is certainly contending with the NFL for viewers. I I, I agree with you. You said it, not me. Um, so, yeah. But um, the chess.com does not have it. And, and a big part of it, I think, is because, um, you know, the biggest events we do, like I'm pretty much running the show along with Eric. If you're – going with our ceo if he's the one really running the show then i mean but we're both family guys and it's just not something that we would be doing on christmas like that but it doesn't mean the chess world is that way in fact the chess world historically has many of its biggest events over holidays i mean um my wife and i've talked about that forever like there were i think 13 years in a row where i was not home for mother's day um after we had kids and before we had Mm -hmm. kids like for my mom right and you know very Almost always, because the reason is that, especially in the U.S., you know, holiday weekends are your opportunity to have bigger events where people are getting that Friday or that Monday off. And so, um, historically, as a up-and-comer, when I was playing a lot professionally or semi-professional, whatever you want to say, I made it to. I guess I'm like semi-pro. I'm kind of like the Will Ferrell of, yeah. I, I guess I should stop saying I ever made it professionally. I'll say I'm, I was semi-pro at one point. And um, you know, I was playing in all those events. And so as a player, you definitely have to. And in fact, on that note, the biggest event going on right now is the world rapid and blitz, which I'll I'll link you to, because you know I love you. I'll feed you, baby birds. I mean, you know, I'm here. This podcast is is for you. Hold on. So yeah, it, the front page story at chess.com right now is the world rapid and blitz. In fact, you can see Magnus uh next to I they believe that's Yu Wenjun, who's the top women's player on the planet. Um it's, or she, Sorry, she's not necessarily the top women's player on the planet, Hoey Phan is, but um, she's the reigning women's world champion. So I'll copy that link into our show notes here. So, so that's the event that's going on. And we're not really covering it because, one, it's taking place in Moskva. Two, you have to deal with Fide and Aegon, which, again, okay, the world championship is worthy of the, the, the politics and the controversy from really dysfunctional stuff often. But, you know, other events are not necessarily. And the World Rapid and Blitz is actually, sadly— like a super exciting event, but gets very little Western Judeo-Christian society attention specifically because of that, because the, you know, the holidays are, are not a time when at least, like I said, the Western Judeo-Christian based society isn't um, engaging in like, mm. well, you know, they are doing a lot of content online. We know that because our numbers are historically very high in December as far as people using the site. So everyone's sneaking away from that family time to play a couple Blitz games on their mobile app. Um, but as far as event coverage goes, it's just an ill-timed event. So put it this way as a chess commentator slash businessman, whatever you define me as it's something I am fortunate enough to be able to say, no, I can pick and choose. But if I didn't have a family, like I'd probably be streaming the World Rapid and Blitz just on my own because why not? It is a kind of a cool event. And as a player, I was always gone. In fact, I missed Christmas many times. the The, the U.S. event going on right now. If you go to uh, go to chess dot right now, just do that for me, Matsi. I know you love it. That's the Continental Chess Association. They run most of the U.S. events. The chess dot is where you'll find most of the U.S. circuit schedule. And um, the North American Open is being held in Vegas. Usually, Bally's. I think it moved maybe to the Paris. Um. Anyway. But uh, North American Open is, is the U.S. event. So there's always events as a player on holidays. As a business guy, the answer is no. So there you go. Another long-winded answer by Danny God brought to you by Gatorade. You. Uh, unofficially. Unofficially, <laughs> by the way. So Got to say that. Uh, I have to
0: say, this website, horrible.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, they, they're really oh, rocking uh, uh, the designer budget, right?
0: yeah they did a great job really banger on this one uh yeah oh that's it's it's intriguing because uh you know what people don't really recognize even though this event is starting on the 26th that means that those players definitely probably started travel days upon days earlier i don't know where nakamura is at. I thought i saw him twitch streaming on the 24th and twitch streaming today uh but at the same time you to travel so far you also don't want to get the jet lag so you're gonna to have to leave multiple days early especially if you're traveling from certain areas so you you do you don't get that so it is a very interesting time span I'm gonna definitely tune in and give it a, a watch because I do love blitz and and uh, is it Magnus then Nakamura as the top two rapid and blitz I don't know rapid or blitz yeah. they're, they're very similar I, I,
1: Magnus is you know I say Cara Magnus is definitely the best player in the world at all time controls uh classical rapid and blitz bullet. I still believe is a debate. I know that Magnus beat Hikaru in our own speeches championship, you know, the super bowl of online chess, although this year Magnus wasn't there and appropriately Hikaru just won the 2018 SCC. But I, I believe Hikaru is also better than Magnus at bullet, but um, he just hasn't always um, been able to win the match though. He has beaten Magnus in the bullet portion. So bullet, the debate is whether that's, whether that's kind of a new portion that should be acknowledged as who the best player in the world is. If it is, I believe it's Hikaru. But Magnus is definitely the best in the world at all three of those time controls, I think, undeniably. And, um, you know, although he has he has not won the Rapid and Blitz, I believe, in two years. I could be wrong, but he didn't win it last year. Um, I need to look into that. But um, so, you know, it's a very difficult tournament because it's an exciting knockout format, right? So even if you're the best, I mean, you have one bad match, you're out, you're bumped. So, or, you know, even if it's not a knockout format, it's a total score. So sometimes you drop a few games here and there, and then somebody else beats up on the weaker players. And um, I believe Karyakin is actually the reigning world blitz champion.
0: There's only, I'm looking at the chess.com article right now, and you outline the top 50 uh, participants for the top 50 rapid and blitz. And there's only two individuals from, the u.s i i want to say so only nakamura and kamski Gata, yeah, is gotta is that correct gotta gotta yeah got and there are no top female from the u.s for rapid and blitz that is very interesting to me it's a, a very different crossover i guess from the world
1: well again this is okay it's the holidays right it's the and a lot the holidays and a lot of people in the u.s made plans um Uh, And secondly, it's held in Moskva, which is quite the journey, right? You lose time going that way. And it's, it's a, it's not just a simple, you know, hop over the Atlantic pond. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is, again, I know I Mm. mentioned it earlier and it's not because I want to beat this dead drum. I have no ambition or motivation to do so, but I unfortunately have to, is that again, it's a sign of Fide and Aegon's just dysfunctional. Look at the amount of Russian flags. Easy for the Russians to play. But basically, Fide and Aegon, I can tell you, they announced the final location and dates for this thing, like literally three weeks ago. They it was supposed to be announced while the world championship was in London. Um, in fact, there were rumors they might hold it in a kind of a western city. It's been held in Qatar before. Uh Qatar, for those who don't properly pronounce the way that country should be said, Qatar. But anyway, it, it's been it's been pronounced. I mean, it's been held in different places, but overall, it's also just a sign of Fide and Aegon's dysfunction that they just they do things like that last minute but the more people didn't come I mean um, a lot of other people would have come if it was if there was if they could have planned their holidays around it so
0: yeah that's that's rough uh when you when you when you plan such short time for something so far away and now that makes a lot of sense because if, if you just came to the chess.com website and didn't know this I didn't really read the entire article because I don't read. I don't like to read articles, but I, I <laughs> like charts and graphs and I like names in a list that seems
1: uh, and there's numbers and I like right. numbers a lot. Yeah. Hey, you are literally the reason we design a website the way we do. Yep. Go for <laughs> it. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I would come to this website and I'd scroll to the bottom and I'd go, oh, here's a pretty chart of all the top players. And I would say, oh, okay. The, uh, obviously the, the U S is not very good in rapid and blitz because of said chart of who's playing at, at this when, after everyone now listens, all the millions of chess fans listen to our podcast, they will now understand why there's only two U.S. players in in this tournament. And, and the controversy, it's not really a controversy. Millions upon billions of listeners, to blunders out of them.
1: So I get it. Nope. Uh, yeah, it's not because the U.S. doesn't have enough top players. Um, obviously, Carwana and so would belong among many, including Shankland and. Even Robert Hess, I mean my co-commentator, he uh, would have been able to qualify by rating and, and actually says this is one event he would love to get to, but he's in Japan right now. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, Bobby, but he's he's traveling with family. Don't like anybody gonna find him in Japan. But um but yeah, so you know, a lot of people have Christmas and family stuff around the holidays. Like I uh, like I tweeted earlier today that Matt Damon is my is my spirit actor, my spirit animal. Actor. I don't know if you saw that tweet. I just shared it in the show notes, but that's yeah. such a good video. Don't don't watch it now because it's five minutes. But that is literally me. I'm Matt Damon and that actress is my wife. That is us just sort of decompressing. Yeah, it was so great. And then you realize, oh, my God, what has just happened again? You know, that's what most of us are doing on the holidays. When I watched that video, I, I watched all of that SNL with Matt Damon, and they were all
0: phenomenal. When I watched it, I actually did think of you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not not even joking I go, There is an individual. This reminds me of 100 percent. His name is Danny Wrench. Right. Uh, yeah, so uh, I did enjoy. Did you watch the Weezer one? The when the 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 Weezer skit from SNL?
1: No, sh- link me link me I'll in let, the show notes. I I'll, shall st- watch when we're done.
0: It is ridiculous. Matt Damon on this SNL um, was really, really good. I didn't I didn't watch uh, necessarily the an episode live, but on YouTube, they just put all the individuals. So like, here's everything without commercials. And I go, I like that. So I ended up watching all the the Mad Damon skits, and they were just phenomenal. It was it was really really good. I'm just looking at your your Twitter feed now. You know, uh, you know Twitter. I don't like to. Somebody asked me uh, on Twitter. They said, "Oh, how do you you know how much time do you spend on Twitter, and you know, how do you manage that?" <laughs> and I I tweeted back. I go, "Well, to be honest with you, I try to avoid reading Twitter, or doing much on Twitter." I, and then I say I mostly use it. As for work, to be honest with you, like part of it is, is my, is my work. I said, yeah, they said, Mm -hmm. how much time do you spend on Twitter on average? And do you have a strategy to hand manage set slash handle that time? And I said, I try not to read Twitter at all. Spend odd times on and off, I guess maybe an hour a day, basically part of my job. Then my buddy Frank that I do a podcast with, he tweeted back and he goes in quotes, uses Twitter for work End quote might be the saddest thing I've read in 2018. Pretty accurate, uh, <laughs> pretty accurate. So yeah, I just had me thinking about. No, it's true. It, it's part of my job. It's part of my job. And it's part. Of, it's part of your job. It's part of everybody's job at this point.
1: No, but you're right that it's Twitter is. If if anybody thinks that you're on Twitter to like actually consume your entire thread or your feed, I mean, look at okay. First of all, look at how many people I follow. I only follow only 137 people. And that by itself is way too much for me to follow. Like I follow like the onion accounts. I follow my friends. I follow some funny stuff, right? So then you go to people's profiles who follow literally hundreds and hundreds of people, right? Then there's like the spam back followers who like try to follow everybody, you know, like thousands. So they have fat, I mean, which doesn't really count, right? You can't have 15,000 followers yourself if you follow 15,000 accounts, right? Like, because then, you know, so I, I I would say I'm very selfish. I really love Twitter for engaging with the people that engage with my feed. And if that makes me a modern day social media narcissist, I don't know what else to say. Maybe that's how we all are. But I literally, I love Twitter because it's not Facebook because I don't have to feel involved in the social network to like be reading everyone's walls. I say what I want to say on Twitter and I, therefore it's being used for work mainly um, and, and family stuff I think is funny and the people that engage with my feed, like that's almost all I have time for. And then every once in a while I, I scroll through a feed and I, and I like, and, and retweet some onion stuff or some funny stuff. You know, I follow some political people on both sides, just so I can be aware of who I hate on both sides, you know, that kind of stuff, the, the basics, right? I mean, I have to make sure who I'm hating on, on social media for sure, but I follow clickhole; They're hilarious. Um, so uh, that's really it. And like, I think that that's why I really like Twitter. Cause I get to engage with kind of like the, the social media world that I've created based on what I tweet and then how people engage back. And if you count chess.com within that, and you know, chess.com's account has whatever, a hundred thousand followers roughly. And so I also follow a lot of people that are engaging with chess conversation at times when a hashtag is popular, but overall, Those 137 accounts I follow, it's already too much. Like if I was literally following every, like if I really cared, I'd follow like five people, you know, which you know I'm not going to do. So anyway, there you go. That's that's the truth. That's the social media Twitter truth.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a struggle. I I always try to follow under or 300 or less people. I'm at like 340, and even then I, I literally go. I'll go to the home the home screen, and I'm like, all right, I'll read the first five, and okay, which is why. Whenever you go, oh, did you see my tweet? I'm like, no, Danny, I didn't see your tweet. I'm not like have Danny on notification. It's (laughs) egotistical son of a B. You know, I was like, oh, of course, obviously MOTS definitely gets, you know, notification on 18 devices whenever I tweet. It's very important.
1: I was testing you and you failed. You just, you know, F plus. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. I
0: do fail spectacularly when every, almost every time on this podcast, you saw that tweet I sent, right? Of course, Danny, I totally saw that tweet as I go directly (laughs) to your Twitter
1: account. I go, what did Danny tweet today? That's going to be my new. To be fair, I'm just as bad for you. Obviously, I follow you on Twitter and I love you just as much as you love me. But I also pretty much never see anything you tweet. And you tweet a lot of Xamarin stuff. Like I, I go to your I go to your profile when it's time for me to wonder what's going on in the world of Mozzie San Diego. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But otherwise, you know, we're we're in the same boat here. Yeah.
0: The same boat, same boat, different state, basically. So. All right, buddy. Well,
1: I'm going to go. Right.
0: I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go work on my I'm going to work on my fitness.
1: Are you going to work on that work on that fitness? I I think I'm going to go have another mimosa Ooh. with my wife
0: i like that we'll tell the fan bam i say hello and i miss them hugs and snugs and uh well you know next time we talk it's going to be probably a whole new year it's a whole new year
1: man a new fantastic point of view maybe the government won't be shut down anymore and we can all look forward to the pro chest
0: league. <laughs> oh, Sorry. That's... Like a true salesman, like a true salesman. This
1: guy. All uh, right. I love you, man. Seriously. Virtual hug coming through your monitor right now. Peace.